Greetings, friends and brethren. This is Jay Chang for the Continuing Church of God. Today, the, my topic is the Millennials, Generation Z, and the New Millennium. Today I want to speak directly to and about a group of people who I've noticed have not gotten enough attention, yet comprise such a big and vital part of the world and its future, the youth. And uh, the Millennials, which are the Millennials, and those of Generation Z, the last generation. It's 2017. Do you know what generation you are in? Are we in the last generation of this world before Christ returns to bring his millennial reign through the kingdom of God? Who are the youth of today? What are the youth in this world, especially those in this last generation, going to face and do before his return? And what should we in the CCOG be doing now? First, according to the UN from 2015, there are about 1.8 billion people aged 10 to 24 in this whole world. And they comprise a majority of the population in 48 developing countries, meaning either second or third world. Another statistic from 2011 puts the world population under 14 years of age at 26.3%. So if you consider these two stats, which uh, both have likely gone up since then, a quarter of the world's population is, which is right now about seven and a half billion, is made up of young people. That's a lot of opportunity and challenge for the authorities, the current authorities in this world to manage, harness, and exploit. Now let's look at these generation designations and where most of these young people may fall under. So. First of all, uh, let's take a, a brief overview of these different generations. First, we have the silent generation, what they call the silent generation, which was at the end of World War I uh, to around uh, World War II in the mid-40s. And then after that was the baby boomers, which was after World War II until the mid-60s, 1960s. Then we have Generation X, which was from the mid-60s until 19, or, uh, around 1980. And then Generation Y, or the Millennials, which is from 1981 till 2000. And finally, Generation Z, which is from the mid-90s until currently. So if I was to ask everyone here, let's take a quick straw poll. Uh, which generation are you in? So how many of the silent generation do we have here, which would now be in their 70s and 80s? Any, anyone here today? Time is off on that. Okay. You just said World War One. Those people are 90s. Oh, okay. Well, my, my math isn't uh, so good, but uh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's okay. I, I guess there's nobody here of the silent generation. How about the baby boomers? How many baby boomers do we have? We have three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow. That's, that's over half of, the, uh, half of our group today. How about uh, Generation X? How many do we have of Generation X? Yeah, uh, I would say three. I count two plus one. How about uh, Generation Y, or the Millennial Generation? Anybody here? 
Okay, and uh, how about Generation Z? The 90s. Okay, yes, we should have at least three. Yeah, so obviously we find that there's, there's a lot. There's a lot from the baby boomer generation. So now uh, let me ask all of you another question. How many of you, like being parents or adults, have gripes about the different generations? Like, is there a generation gap? Aha! Uh -huh. I, I, see, I see Steve does, and uh, Jim does, and, uh, and Teresa does. Yeah, yeah, we, we've heard the complaints, okay? Certain generational issues, like, uh, why doesn't my parents understand this? Or why can't my child get what I'm trying to, to say to them? Uh, yeah, this is quite common. This is quite common. So I want to cite two BBC articles uh, that talk about this uh, millennial issue. One of them is called, uh, People Have Always Whined About Young Adults. Here's proof. And the second one is, What Everyone Gets Wrong About the Millennial Snowflakes. And both of these are written by Amanda Ruggeri. So let's just, uh, I'm going to read some of these headlines and see if uh, some of these resonate with you. Okay, older people love to gripe about the entitled lazy millennial generation. Well, it's nothing new. By delving into the archives, we find pl plenty of parallels stretching back 2,000 years. And then it says, millennials may be the world's most hated generation. Don't take offense, guys. Okay, this is what, uh, this is what these uh, people think. Uh, but is disdain towards the youth a new dynamic? So some of these, uh, some of these gripes, they come. One is they're lazy. Okay, millennials are lazy and think basic tasks, tasks are beneath them. Uh, many young people are so pampered nowadays, they've forgotten there's such a thing as walking, that they're automatically made for the buses. Unless they did something, the future for walking is very poor indeed. Uh, another one is that they're self-obsessed. They're out-of-touch hipsters who spend too much time on coffee and too little on facial hair care. Many are spoiled, entitled, or both. Uh, another one, and just really, really awful. The tragic truth is many of America's millennials are a bunch of phone-addicted, selfie-obsessed, hashtagging, snapchatting, kale-munching, twerking, lazy, whining, ill-informed, politically correct, gazetted narcissists who find absolutely everything mortally offensive and believe there are 165 ways to sexually identify. <laughs> Another one, we defy anyone who goes about with eyes open to deny that there is, as never before, an attitude on the part of young folk, who, which is best described as grossly thoughtless, rude, and utterly selfish. They think they know best. My huge generalities touch on their insistence that they are right, despite the overwhelming proof that suggests they are not. They think they know everything and are always quite sure about it. But they're also too cautious. Millennials have been called the most cautious generation, the first to grow up with car seats and bike helmets, the first not allowed to walk to school or go to the playground alone. Another one, and yet too confident. Many of the millennials in today's workforce are, have more confidence than they do competence. Um, young people are high-minded because they have not yet been humbled by life, nor have they experienced the force of circumstances. Uh, their expectations are too high. Uh, the prevailing narrative about members of Gen Y is that they're a fleet of job hoppers who think they're above the grunt work of an entry-level position. In other words, not the most desirable employees. Now, of course, we've heard complaints. I don't know if any of you run a business. Maybe you, you know, 
hire some of these young people you know this kind of situation uh, yeah this is, these are just uh, headlines from articles I'm just reading from another one is really they just complain too much whether it's jobs, property, or just the sheer towering unfairness of the world, millennial complainants are everywhere, ready to give you a rundown of everything their generation has been stifled on. In a way that we once had the greatest generation, we now have the whiniest generation. But really, the only place that they've been shortchanged compared to us Xers, or even the boomers, is property. Uh, what really distinguishes this generation from those before it is that it's first generation in American history to live so well and complain, yet so bitterly about it. And they spend way too much money, which is bad. Well, I was trying to buy my first home. I wasn't buying smashed avocado for $19 and four coffees at $4 each. We're at a point now where expectations of younger people are very, very high. They want to eat out every day. They want to travel to Europe every year. But they're not buying houses. That's also bad. Someone is buying houses in the U.S., but it's sure not millennials. Just ask their parents. They're the ones worrying about the kitchen, in the kitchen, whether their little darlings will ever leave. <laughs> yeah, they want to live like adolescents forever. As more millennials delay moving out of their parents' home, getting a job and paying their own bills, the age of adulthood has been pushed back. One expert suggests that millennials stay children for so long because they have been coddled by their parents and have had things too good. And a few 35-year-old friends are just now leaving their parents' nest. Many friends are getting married or having a baby for the first time. They aren't switching occupations because they have finally landed a meaningful be career, perhaps after a decade of hopscotching jobs all over the place in search of an identity. And then it goes on, modern technology has made them useless at decision thinking, as well as impeccably self-absorbed. And they're ruining religion and sport and even the written word. And then, you know, it goes on to say it's the fault of the parents, and they're unlike anything anyone's ever seen before, except that they're not that different after all, and they're actually pretty okay. Anyway, <clears throat> it seems that there's a lot of, a lot of misunderstandings. There's a lot of uh, clashes, okay? The older generation, you know, I'm sure wants to feel, wants to provide the best for their children, for, for their next generation. And yet, it seems at the same time, the world is changing so fast and the youth are in search. They're trying to find their way in life and the things that it used to be aren't, aren't, so, aren't such, aren't so sure anymore. They're changing the world, yet they're also being led down the wrong paths, ever learning yet not able to come to the truth yet. Continually, <clears throat> many youth around the world have been searching for the truth. They've been seeking and not, and not seeking belief and meaning in their life through various ways. I have through either the new age, techno-alternative realities, drugs, the redefining of marriage, gender norms and relationships and the acceptance and tolerance of them, LGBT, various social pathic and antisocial tendencies, the rise of terrorism, and the various religious ideologies that speak to a growing dissatisfaction and the need for change. Uh, rebelliousness among the establishments, but yet also getting more involved in activist politics. Uh, various alternative social movements. Uh, they have a voice that cannot be ignored. But the people, okay, especially the authorities, they both admire this and they fear this. And they're also, you know, leading the cutting edge in health, in fashion, in sports, 
in lifestyles and technology. Yeah, look at, look at the youth today. A lot of them are very tech savvy, very social savvy. They're skilled at social media, e-payments, e-commerce, automated transport, more and more personalized technologies and applications. Now, the, it seems that the world is, is a lot focused on them, okay? Like the technologies that we're using, smartphones, smart homes, personal assistance on smartphones, smart cars, apps of all kinds. You know, even, you know, I use, I read the Bible from my smartphone. I think I've noticed a few of you also do the same too. You know, more and more integration of all these things on a global scale. More convenience, more choices. And yet, the distance grows between the generations. And why is that? Is there a generation gap between you and your children? Grandchildren? Especially when it comes to religious and spiritual beliefs. People and times may change, but God changes not, as per Malachi 3.6. What should or could be done in these times of growing uncertainty for these young people, for this world, where they are? Where should they be, the society around us? There clearly is a generation gap in almost all the world's religions today, and even in the COG. And why is that? I'm just relating, you know, I, I, you know I, I, I came to my first feast in 2013. I was the only person, I was the youngest person, you know, for at least two years. I'm not counting, you know, uh, Dr. Teal's son, David, but uh, until 2015 and then 2016, uh, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't many, many people around the age of 22 to 35. It's like, um, so, you know, sometimes that makes, makes people, makes, makes the youth feel a little out of place. Like, um, you know, is this, is this, is this for us? Or am I out of place? Do I feel, am I lonely? So we have to, we have to think about this and we have to consider that actually, in the Bible, it says that these young people, the youth, are going to play a very, very important, a very pivotal role of uh, what's to come, especially when Christ returns uh, to set up his millennial kingdom. So first, let us look at some of the issues that face the youth today. Now, let's turn to Isaiah 3.12. Isaiah 3.12 says, As for my people, children are their oppressors. Okay, I'm just going to focus on that first part. Uh, I can relate to this because it seems that today the youth are leading the adults. And I can speak from this, uh, I can speak of this from personal experience. It's like in schools, you know, like uh, when it comes to, say, school disciplinary policies. And, uh, or teaching the young kids. And a lot of kids, you know, they, they're rebellious. They fight back against authority. They talk back. You know, they, they don't want to follow the rules sometimes. Uh, and, and adults are just, I mean, they're just, this, this is the word. Another verse we can look at is uh, Jeremiah 4, 22. Jeremiah 4, 22, it says, 
For my people is foolish, they have not known me, they are sottish children, and they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. Now this is not an indictment against youth in general, but we see in today's society, if you pay attention to the news, if you pay attention to world conditions, there's a lot of crimes that are being committed uh, by people of a certain demographic. They're lost. Either these children were from broken homes, broken families, uh, they haven't had the right role models or teachers. And then, you know, another thing I, I remember is sometimes on YouTube or Facebook, there's young people who post videos of themselves, like, you know, doing something dangerous, like committing suicide on live TV, or, uh, you know, doing a prank that causes death or serious injury. So you have to wonder, what's going on? What's going on in the minds and hearts of these young people? And then if we turn to 2 Peter, 2 Peter 2, chapter 2, verses 10, 12, 14, and 18. Verse 10. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Verse 12. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Verse 14, having eyes full of adultery, and they cannot, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have ex exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. Verse 18, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. So we see in today's culture, we see that there's a lot of young people, they follow after celebrities and stars and after certain uh, teachers. You know, culture is a very powerful driver. And a lot of, uh, I, 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 can, I can come to a specific example in which how uh, there's a lot of young men. There's a lot of young men who want to learn how to pick up women. And they want to know how to game women. Okay, how can we seduce them? And then we can take advantage of them. This is a real trend. This is a trend that uh, has been going on for quite some time. And there's all these self-help books and uh, e-newsletters and emails and looking signs. How to how to you know get what you want in, in that kind of way. This kind of earthly, devilish wisdom. Yet there's great hope and expectation that the youth will be called, used by God for his purposes. So what should the youth be doing? What should they be focusing on today? Well, first, let's take some examples. Let's look at an example of how one youth came to rule over a great nation, the ancient nation of Israel. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 17, verse 42, to look at this example. Now, this man, this, uh, at that time, this boy's name, his name was David. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. So, yes, David was young once. David was looked down upon by his elders, by the enemy. Yet, God raised him up. God prepared him to become a leader. And... When we look at the other verses, let's take a look at uh, Matthew 9, verse 37, 38, and concurrently Luke 
10, 2, and John 35, they say about the same thing, but let's just take a look at Matthew 37, 9, 37. Then said he unto the disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I'll come back to that in a moment, but what I'm trying to say, along with Luke 10, 2, and John 4, 35, is that there's going to be many laborers. I think that, yes, it is right to pray for laborers. It is right to pray that God's work be done. But there's a sincere belief that a lot of these laborers that will be helping, that will be coming in the latter days, are going to be from among the last generation, the youth. If we look at Isaiah 40, We'll go back to Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31. 28 to 31. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no mighty increase of strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's going to be great challenges ahead for everyone, especially for the youth. But they're going to receive help. If we look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, Verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth. This is talking about uh, Paul's admonition to Timothy. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So what is this saying? This is saying that even Paul had a concern for the youth, for his uh, protege. He said that in the culture that he, he's, he was in, he had religious challenges. He needed to stay on the right path. He was encouraged to stay on the right path and, that, and don't let the people discourage him. And also look at 2 Timothy 19 through 26. 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 26. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having the seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Let everyone who nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in some great in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purges himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach patient. In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, of God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who have captured, who have been taken captive by him to do his will. So what are these what are these verses telling us to or telling the youth to do? Of course they're for everyone, but especially for the youth, because the youth are more susceptible to these kind of things, especially as mentioned in verse uh, 22. Because we were all young before, 
And I'm not saying that I'm very old, okay? I'm not old. You know, I sound like I'm talking like I'm 60, okay? But uh, we face these challenges every day, especially the youth. And it's difficult. It really is difficult. Without the Spirit of God helping us and protecting us, it is very easy to get waylaid by peer pressure, by media influences, by alternative voices, by the latest fad, the latest trend. It's very, very, very easy. In Daniel 11, 32 through 35, Daniel 11, 32 through 35, it talks about who will come into, or what will happen, what will happen? What will happen in those, in the latter days? And such as do wickedly against the covenant, shall he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be helping with a little help, but many shall cleave to them by flatteries. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. So this verse, I believe that, or we should, we should consider what's going to happen in the future when the great tribulation and the day of the Lord comes. Many, okay, many will suffer, many will die. And especially of the youth, there's so many young people that are going to be either put on the front lines or they're going to, and some of them will be, will be risen up, will, be, will, be, will have to stand up. I believe this verse has, has, and these verses have very specific application for the youth. So, will this last generation make or be part of a profound difference in the world? To be a big part of the great harvest? Well, I believe so, because as most of you are already aware, there will be great and terrible shocks, catastrophes, calamities, tribulations to come that will affect everyone on this earth, especially the old and the young. You may already be aware of the general sequence and timeline of events to come, starting with the current weakening of the current Anglo-Saxon world order and the rising of the forthcoming Gentile world system, the rise of both Europe and Asia, and the preeminence that Europe will gain on the world uh, relatively soon, surprising all, the great deceptions, lying wonders and signs that will be employed by Antichrist and the beast to dupe the masses, including many youth. The destruction and takeover of the Anglo-Saxon nations and peoples, world wars, famines, pestilences, great natural disasters, all leading to the current world, to its final date with destiny, the abyss and Armageddon just prior to Christ's return. So then, what should we do now as being in here? CCOG now, concerning the youth, in general, especially for those in our African congregations, but we should be praying for them, asking God to raise them up right under the leadership and sound teachings of our current leaders and godly adult figures in our small flock, and that they may be protected from the insidious and pervasive influences that constantly surround and bombard us through various channels. And they're targeted to the youth because they haven't fully developed a full sense of discernment, the true wisdom and true knowledge 
There's so many fakes out there, a lot of false news, false narratives, fakery, the earthly devilish wisdoms. The enemy has blinded many. Has blinded many. And many more will be deceived, and deceived even more as we near the end. But there will be awakening. Many will see. Many will know. Many will come to the truth. And I believe that many of the laborers, once again, will come from the youth. The younger, last generations, and they will be among those who shall know their God and do great exploits. They will reach their generations with the truth even better, I believe. Social media, smartphones, technology, word of mouth. We can't, we can't look down on them. They will be among the first to help rebuild and renew the earth after all these things Jesus mentioned in the Olivet Prophecy come to pass. I highly suggest you read the article in the latest uh, Bible News Prophecy magazine, which is the October to December edition, 2017, called A Little Child Shall Lead Them by Robert Smith. I'm not sure if you have received that one yet, but uh, that one talks about what the future holds, especially for the youth. You can go to czog.org and click under literature magazines. To sum up, the youth of today, the millennials, Generation Z, will be leaders and have their place in roles in the true new world tomorrow. And they should now rise to the challenge of not only finding out the real truth and meaning of their existence on this earth, why God has put them where he has them now and what they are supposed to do in the near future times ahead. Because there will be great adversity and responsibility and yet also great hope and joy in the coming millennium period because when the true utopia, the kingdom of God is finally set up under the august reign of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it will be a glorious, it will be a glorious thing. This glorious return we look forward to. Godspeed that day for the youth, for everyone. The last generation, you have a great calling ahead of you. This is Jay Chang for the Continuing Church of God.